We are unlocking mining sustainability with Transnet and you are listening to Transnet Mining Indaba 2023 podcast series hosted by Gogum Fubi. Well, we're here on the sidelines of the Mining Indaba for 2023. And as you can tell here at the exhibition stand for Transnet, all in an aid to make sure that many of you as stakeholders get a full understanding of the six varying divisions of the business and of course the key role that it does play within South Africa's uh, logistics environment and of course participation within the extractive sectors. Today in conversation with Portia Darby who is the group chief executive of Transnet. Such a pleasure to have you with us today ma'am. Hi Kupu. It's been very busy for you I can imagine. Yeah yeah it is yeah but uh, nice busy. Yeah. Yeah useful busy. I like that. A useful busy because I think so often we just think busyness is some way interpreted into productivity. But a useful busy is something intriguing for us to hear as stakeholders because when we think of of Transnet, we're well aware of the challenges that it's facing. And I think, let's start there. It's almost three years for you in this job. Not your first mining in Daba. What makes 2023 different for you? I suppose uh, when when I think about it, and I and I suppose on reflection, uh, when I when I've spoken about maybe the thing that we should have been a lot clearer on uh, was uh, the fact that it takes time yeah. uh, to get to a point where you can start talking about the changes that you're making, because a lot of the changes, if you're going to make lasting changes, is that you actually have to invest time getting people. Mm-hmm. to that point because companies are not run by machines they're run by human beings and frankly uh, I, do, I think we don't spend enough time considering the psychology of the human if I'm feeling like I trust you I get where you're going to uh, you respect me uh, chances I'm going to go with you Sure. but if I don't feel that and I don't feel that you give me the opportunity to express my view I'm not going with you mm-hmm. and that's why change is hard you see because people think that you can just walk in and shout and scream and force people into a direction it's hard to change it's hard uh, in an economy where you've got whatever 35-40% unemployment um, and the rest and the like so every single change makes you petrified that you're going to lose your livelihoods and consider the fact that we've got family at home who are still unemployed exactly. that we have to look after so it's it's not the easiest uh, but I think it's worth every inch of the effort uh, that three years from now uh, we are here I think over the last uh, while we've made some really huge um, announcements which actually changed Transnet quite fundamentally but I think more than just changing Transnet fundamentally they actually do in- introduce uh, quite a fundamental reform of the logistics system in South Africa mm-hmm. going forward. And maybe let's discuss that in a lot more detail because I am aware that on the sidelines here of the mm. mining in Daba by the end of the week there will be uh, additional announcements mm. that will be made by Transnet but talk us through the progress that you've managed to attain thus far. So let me talk about the one that's in the paper. I was saying to somebody it's like either the right is smacking you or the left is smacking you. You oh. never you know in a, in a if you do or damned if you don't. Exactly. And that's why you, you only act with integrity. 100%. Always. Um, so the container corridor, for example, right, that we've issued on an operating lease for 20 years, 10, 11 years, I think we give the, uh, the bidder or the winning bidder, if there is somebody who actually comes up, uh, time to recoup their investment. And in the last 10 years, we have a participation on the upside as Transnet. Now, on that corridor, uh, since 2011 to date, uh, till last financial year, we've lost 19 billion rand. 19 billion. A lot of zeros. Exactly. Behind that number. 
Um, and it's a dead weight loss that we've uh, incurred. And why have we incurred the loss, right? It moves containers, agriculture, and autos. And it's the kind of cargo which is lightweight. So we can't price it correctly. Because be that as may, it's still heavy and the system needs to be maintained so we've not been able i mean from what tfr tells me it's cost uh, two to run 18 uh, to run in comparison to and we've only gotten a rand back that's how big the loss has been and that's why it was important that actually what we're looking for is a custodian who is who controls the cargo flows who controls the cargo from the one side either from the vessel or from the, the city deep end uh, who consolidates from customers would be able to uh, take advantage of their consolidation points to fill a train, whatever a train is. Our size of a train is 75 wagons plus. In the manufacturing, agricultural and auto sector, size of the train is 40 wagons. So, so limitations you, there. Yeah. So you do need somebody who's got a totally different operating model to our current operating model. Now, you can't have the challenges that we have that you have to deal with and then still say to yourself that you're going to go and learn a new operating model. We'd be killing South Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a responsibility that in that whatever we do is about strengthening Transnet on the one hand, but also about creating the possibility for South Africa to get out of the, of the funk in which we're in. And maybe let's talk about that because there definitely is an interlink between all your varying divisions, mm. right? TFR does, certainly needs the network, mm. Port Authority, mm. uh, and of course TPT mm. in itself to all work together in yeah. a sense of camaraderie to excel and yeah. provide this economic yeah. uh, prowess that we need for the country. Where are those challenges? And I guess what have you found in terms of trying to iron out uh, 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 the kinks within the interlinkages there? Well, so if you stand back, I mean, on, on the bulk commodities, because I also, I, I'd be uncomfortable with the creation of the notion that trucking has no role to play. Trucking has a big role to play in the last mile. And even in mining, at 50 kilometers, it's still more efficient to use a truck than to use a train. But anything beyond that, you ideally should be on trains. Truth be said, um, from a policy perspective, I think it's about time that we sort of start looking at banning uh, trucking for oars because that's what eats away the roads. And we can't stop that because it's the thing is if people see that there's a market and there's demand outside, then they're going to go for that. So that's the one side. So if you are TPT, transit port terminals, you need to have a business that's able to take both truck as well as rail, as efficiently. As Even well. though some of your infrastructure had, wasn't originally designed for that? Well, in the in the ports, for example, in the container ports, uh, like Durban, Cape Town, yes. uh, actually, um, and even NCT and PE and uh, no, the port of PE, because that doesn't change, even if the city has uh, changed its uh, rules. The port of Port Elizabeth, those actually take trucks. So they, talk, they take trucks and rail. And in fact, in the manufactured uh, space and autos and uh, agriculture, uh, about 97% of the cargo, or in fact not 97%, probably I should be saying 87% mm -hmm. of the cargo comes on road. Yeah. So the ideal number that you end up, because, and it's not just a South African problem, by the way, mm. it's a global problem. If you're going to, those types of cargoes, you end up at about 20, 30% on rail. Got you. It, they just never pay their full cost. That's it. And in most other countries, right, you wouldn't have manufactured, located 730 kilometers away from the market they export, especially if you're exporting. You're normally located at the port. Because let's not lie, logistics is a dead, dead weight lost. The thing goes into a container on one side, it 
quietly, nothing happens until it gets to the port. So you do need that to be least cost. And that's why closest to port of point of exit is always most important or the market. 100%. And really talks to, I guess, a different makeup in terms of the South African economy, right? Because yep. most economies actually have the economic hub located yep. around ports. But tell us, despite all these challenges, there are efforts to fix this. There's yes. strategies that have been implemented yep. right across your business to unlock new opportunities mm. for private sector mm. participation, mm. unlock opportunities mm. for the effective use mm. uh, and maintenance of your infrastructure. Mm. Give us more insight there, uh, including expansion across some regions in the continent. Well, so first of all, uh, so when you watch uh, the third-party access, for example, yes. Um, so uh, we've we've and, and I hold to our script because it's not a lie; it's our script because that's what we were doing. There isn't a policy framework yet for third-party access because normally. So some might say, why do it? Well, because we we understood that we've got two uh, assets, right? We have track as an asset and we've got rolling stock as an asset. Mm -hmm. What we've historically done, we look at the money that we have for rolling stock to determine what we're going to do on the track. But the minute you separate these two uh, issues, right, you end up having track, you optimize on track, mm -hmm. and you optimize on this side. What's the net? Much higher than what we've been doing. 100%. We should be able to get much better revenue because now instead of selling one thing, we're selling two things at the same time. That's why we started. One. Number two, we'd never done it before in South Africa. No one had ever done it. So did we know what we were going to find? No, we had no clue. So we wanted to see what we, we would find. We went for two years on purpose uh, because we wanted to unearth was there enough interest and there was extensive interest. But then we also wanted to understand what were the challenges, what would we need in the environment for you to have viability. Also, we have to be very careful. So when we come back with the next scheme, for sure, we'll have some long-term contracts mm -hmm. and not the same two years um, going forward. But we also wanted to make sure that we don't once again exclude emerging players. Yes. Because black guys today don't have the cash to be able to buy locals and wagons. Yes. So it's essential that you create the leasing environment because the, what are we going to do with the truckers? Uh, who've bought? What are you going to do? Uh, you can't ignore the fact that they've made these massive investments in trucks. Uh, so we have to have some way, pretty much like they did uh, with the, the Riavayas, where they took in the taxi industry and they found a way. We have to, to figure out how we're going to bring them into the system. Help us understand where you are within that particular process, because we do understand that there's been some cause for resistance, and mm. confusingly so, mm. from big players within the mining mm. fraternity who are saying, hold on, this actually isn't speaking to transformation as you are. Well, I mean, I don't, from, from everything that I've been hearing, on, at least on the third party access, and we've been talking a lot to the guys who have aspirations of being the train operating companies, the ones who are the shipping lines, because actually those are the people that need to come into the system. Yes. You want people who are third party logistic service provider who are not tied to a commodity mm. so that they can be able to apply services to everyone. There's more than enough of them who are interested to come in. I'm glad that you mentioned that because it obviously speaks to further engagement and I'm hoping that uh, we'll see results of that in the months to come. Speaking of the strategy, and of course, uh, we are moving in the month of February where typically we'll hear from National Treasury on the budget speech. And just over two years ago, Transnet uh, undertook a very extensive uh, investor roadshow looking to raise capital to reduce your debt burden uh, and of course plagued by historical challenges that have impacted the entity. What progress has been made so far in order to uh, reduce these fiscal challenges? 
So I have to say, I mean, and I, I mean, it's credit to our chief financial uh, officer, Nungkul Lego. She doesn't like it when I go on about her, and our treasurer, uh, Andre Pele, mm -hmm. uh, magic people, I, I, I'll say, because I was a little bit worried about going into this one billion rand really? billion dollar bond uh, issuance. Yeah, I was anxious because I was looking at the news that was around Transnet because I know for a fact markets are run by sentiment at the end 100%. of the day, and ratings agencies yeah. with their negative views. Yeah. But it, more than that, I mean, for me, it was... So I, I, I was anxious, I won't lie. I know that they were extremely anxious as well, but um, my rule in life is that I'm not a specialist in that area. They are. If they say that's where we're going, I go. I can only just question, given my experience mm. uh, and my understanding of economists. But the market taught me years ago that economists are not of much value. When I spend some time on the market, when the guy said to me, Portia, the shoulder is here. I don't care about your data that's coming really? out. So I remember this from my youth, <laughs> right? But also the banks uh, that supported us uh, in, in the issuance. There were some fantastic humans in the room um, as we ran that. So when we ended up with a billion dollars oversubscribed uh, with a five-year uh, bond um, unguaranteed, mm -hmm. uh, because frankly, a lot of people didn't think we would get it unguaranteed. But it was once again that thing that foreigners often have such a, a more positive sense and I suppose more a realistic sense of the world relative to ourselves. So they have a, I suppose the thing that I was taught uh, to do by, by my uh, uh, erstwhile mentor, should I say, Alec Irwin. Alec used to always say, you're in the forest. Now get out of the forest, go to the hill. Ah. And then look at it from that perspective. Burns and then, you. yes, then you're able to actually see what it is that you are doing. So I suspect that they have that vantage point of not being directly near. So having a successful bond, it's important. Um, five years uh, and also uh, a foreign bond because we also want to diversify. And a billion dollars would have been just too much. The market is not deep enough to be able to take one hit, uh, transmit one billion dollars. But what we do want to do is continue getting into the market now and again. But actually, most importantly, we need to solve for a particular problem of the companies that we have, gotcha. where we we get paid 30 days or 60 days after we've delivered the service. Mm. So we have a bit of a cash flow problem on the fund side. So until such time, and that's why these partnerships are crucial for us, we quickly need to build up a cash pile mm. so that we would be able to then have this buffer um, that currently we have provided uh, by banks with the facilities and things like that. That's really crucial because that's where real uh, uh, control, I suppose, of our finances uh, lies and we are determined that we will move in that direction. Got you. Yeah. Portia, I want us to wrap up by speaking to three stakeholder groups maybe. We're at the mining in Daba, yeah. so certainly speaking to some key players mm. within the mining fraternity. Yeah. Speaking to the average South African, yeah. where some of us mm. might feel disgruntled and we just look at mm. Transnet as a state-owned mm. entity mm. that uh, perhaps still has mm. yet to deliver. And of course, members of the investment community. Mm. What's your message to each of these three stakeholder groups to continue to mm. journey along uh, and uh, collaborate with Transnet to ensure the economic success, not only of South Africa, but the Southern African region uh, and uh, the livelihoods of people therein? So, I mean, for me, the mining industry, uh, we've got to work better in terms of having a sense of where demand is going uh, so that we can make sure that we don't oversupply the market because that's detrimental for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's detrimental for the companies themselves, including the BEs, the, the junior miners that we're bringing into the sector. Yes. Um, because you want them to be profitable. You're not bringing them in so much to kill them. 
uh, by making Definitely. them take all horrible debts and then end Growth, up having the price uh, yeah 100%. tanking at the end of the day so for me bringing them uh, bringing so that issue of collaborating what's market demand what's uh, and then also what's the size of the logistics that we require to ensure that the economics hold for everybody i think that for me would be the minus for the south african uh, i i really I, and it's a thing that i always say at transnet is that Having a developmental posture means that nobody hits us on the head to do right. Gotcha. Right? We must do right because it's right. Uh, an externality we shouldn't want to appropriate. We're not private. Private companies want to appropriate externalities. What we must do is make sure that the externalities from our activities we make available uh, much more broadly. I must say for me, I say it's a tragedy uh, that we've still not been able to get to a point where we have a reliable worker transportation system because that's what prasa is yes. right and so whatever we can do as transnet to support prasa we must because that's about our people mm. yeah at the end of the day so for me it's it's a, it's a job that ayanda and her team have to do is that how do you humanize the things that we do and i think uh, to end up on the investor not just the investor but also the south african people and the people sort of like i'm saying that some of our investments are opportunities for stock sales as far as i'm concerned because it's annuity income 40 billion rand industry they could definitely help you out exactly and i don't know why we ignore them uh, right because stock sales most stock sales and at least the one that i know was a family stock fell it passed from one generation to the next 100% annuity income is meaningful for them the stuff that we're doing in Richards Bay watch King Kichwai that is going to be a kick-ass municipality the other one is going to be Kareha that is going to be absolutely kick-ass and one of these days Durban is coming back one of these days we'll hold you to it We'll follow through with these announcements and I'm glad that you've actually given us something to actually watch yeah. unfold and of course uh, yeah. follow through with the learnings yeah. that do come through yeah. from that. Porsche, such a delight speaking to you today. All the best with your engagements and going forward. We really look forward to hearing more from Transnet and of course how it is that you're going to evolutionize really yeah. uh, the environment around logistics and economic activity in the country. Thank you very much, Kuku, and thank you to your listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Transnet is the gold sponsor of Mining Indaba 2023, unlocking Africa's mining investment through increasing sustainability, security, and supply.